Welcome to the second episode of Insert Podcast Name Here. Weird and feared. I'm telling you. Yep, that's a good one. I'm telling you, man, you nailed it. Mm -hmm. It is still so good. Yep. Two weeks in a row, we nailing that name that we thought about a while ago. Yeah. That we planned out entirely. Yeah. This is all planned around the name. Right. We wouldn't have a podcast if we hadn't have decided this name like five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely evolved out of the name. We just came up with a cool name right. and then built a podcast around yeah, it. Yeah, we were like, what happens if we have a podcast about this cool name we thought about? Mm-hmm. Man, I'm so glad that, I mean, that was mainly you d- you're doing, so I appreciate that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm that, that happy effort. to take all the credit. Yeah, man, you, credit is yours. Mm-hmm. Bass. Well, this podcast, the name we already said, <laughs> <laughs> it's a real good one. Um, well, we, we discussed... Um, creatures, monsters, supernatural things, angels, demons. Man, if it's creepy and badass, we're going to talk about it. Or if it's not and it's just weird. I mean, weird stuff is good too. Yeah, I like I like weird stuff. It's cool. Yeah, man. You know what's not weird? Seamus O'Houlihan. No, that guy's totally cool. Normal as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We met him. Yeah, it's, we met him. Yeah. In between episodes, we went and talked to him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we discussed in the episode going to the Einam Canal and looking for him. Well, we brought the whiskey and what happened? Uh, yeah, he just a cool dude. Just wanted yeah. to hang out, drink yeah. some whiskey. How are those bare hands? Pretty, pretty yeah, we well- had to open the bottle for him, yeah, I mean, but other yeah, than that, it was it, all right. He was uh, pretty normal. Yeah, we had an extra one for him, but he, he, I mean, he dropped it. Yeah, he couldn't hold it. No thumbs. Clumsy. That was the only way he <clears throat> couldn't hold his liquor. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, yep. Otherwise, he nailed it. Yep. Boom. Good dude. All right, man. So we're going to talk about... Um, we're gonna talk about crazy creatures. So what? What? Um. Well, what kind of entity do we have on the topic today? What do you, uh, we're what gonna do you stick. For me? It's not local so much anymore, but it's That's definitely right. uh, in the state. We we will branch out from the greater Will and Grundy County area yep. in Illinois. Yeah, we're uh, not all not all. Um, we're a global organization. Tonight we're <laughs> gonna talk about the uh, Murfreesboro Mud Monster. Can you please repeat that name? Murfreesboro Mud Monster. All right. All right, Zach. Talk to me about the Mud Monster. All right. We're going to go right here. It's a uh, hairy humanoid Bigfoot type monster. It's a mysterious large beast that was sighted in around midnight 1973 when a young couple was parked by a desolate riverside for a romantic interlude when they came face to face with a huge, wet, hairy, mud-slathered beast the penchant for disturbing teenage lovers. What the fuck? Are you reading the Wikipedia page like a romantic novel? Yeah. Okay. All right, continue. Both. All right. Uh, during two harrowing weeks in the summer of 1973, the rural town of Murfreesboro, Illinois, became the epicenter of a terrifying series of encounters with a hu- huge albino beast, which would come to be known as the Murfreesboro Mud Monster, or the Big Muddy Monster. Come on, man. The big money monster. How do they know he's albino if he's covered in mud? Yeah, they just saw his beady red eyes. <laughs> uh, oh, that mud monster is an albino. Huh. Look at that albino. This is sounding real offensive toward mud monsters, by the way. Look at that albino mud monster. <laughs> Leave him alone. Yeah. You don't know what he is. You don't know. He, he might be normal. Right. For a mud monster, that might be the traditional eye color. Yeah. And skin tone. Well, 
Anyways. He's covered in mud. Yeah, go on. This bizarre brute. Well, that's just rude. Somebody's having fun. <laughs> Somebody's tormented having... the citizens of the small community, which is tucked away in the southwestern region of the state for approximately 14 days before its reign of terror abruptly ended, resulting in one of the strangest and in some ways most frightening cases in the history of Bigfoots. I would love to know... So this this answers a question. It's it's big foots, not big feet. Right? I wanted to say big feet, just right? Because it hurts your mind to say big foots. Yeah. All right. But, and and I think it sounds more fun when you say big feet. Yeah, these big well, like a, look at all the big feet. What do you call what? like a pack of big feet? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because like a murder is like crow mm-hmm. and like. A geese, pot, a pot of dolphins. It's like a gander or, or geese. whales. Is that yeah. right? Am I just talking my ass? I think a gander is a male goose. Gander is a male goose. So then, a, it's like a flock of geese. Flock I mean, of the seagulls. point. Yeah, uh, but I mean, man, I don't even care. Anyways, yeah. that's fine, right? But yeah, so big feet, I prefer. Yeah, but anyways, a tribe of big feet. But what was <clears throat> what was the um, the sentence right before that that led up to that that little um, is one of the. It resulted in one of the strangest and in some ways most frightening cases in the history of Big Feet. Yeah, so why is it the most frightening? I hope this tells us. I'm hoping we get there, too. All right. Well, there are some who suggest that the first account of this creature came from an unnamed man who claimed to have seen the thing while gardening gardening outside of his isolated Westwood Hills area home before it was developed into a neighborhood in the 1950s. Most agree that the first official encounter with this Decidedly unhygienic beast occurred oh at approximately midnight I on one... the June twenty fifth, nineteen seventy three. I have one question. Yeah, that's weird. Why? Weird. Why is this article so judgmental of this poor creature? I don't know. He really hates him. I mean, maybe maybe he's a dick. Maybe, we haven't got to that, it. That's true. I. I, I, just I mean, wanna... he was watching like some teens bang. Yeah, in the car maybe or don't watch. Maybe the mud man shouldn't be watching the teens yeah, bang. Who in the knows car. what he was doing? All you know, right, all I don't right. know. It's, he's. It's a little shady. Understood. Mm-hmm. All right, go, uh, finish the, um, continue. The, the first known eyewitness were a youthful couple. Oh, here we go. We get to get oh, into the youthful couple here like a little bit more. details. Randy Needham. Oh, man, that's not a name. That's what it says. <laughs> Does he have bare hands? Uh, and, bare hands uh, Needham? Maybe right. he's got ham hands. All right, ham hands. Get out of <clears> here. And Judy Johnson. <laughs> that's a fake name. That's like Peter Parker. <laughs> All right. Who were parked at the foot of 23rd Street in Riverside Park, near the town's old boat ramp, overlooking the big, muddy river. This is definitely the town I was just in, because I drove over the muddy river. Nice. Talk about this this, muddy river or muddy monster. I was in Murfreesboro a week and a half ago, and I wish I would have known this then. What were you doing in Murfreesboro? I was camping. That's exciting. We'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Johnson's father had expressly forbidden his daughter from dating Needham. Whoa, this is specific. Which is why the pair chose such an isolated location for their illicit rendezvous. Wow, man. Oh, so they were uh, necking, I believe. Oh. Would be gotta have, man, the you gotta, vernacular. You gotta get a vernacular? Yeah. <laughs> gotta get a piece of that neck, man. Mm-hmm. Johnson claimed that they were listening to the radio. Right, yeah. Yeah, listening to the radio. Engaged in, in a debate. That no one's debating, man. You are necking on this babe going mm-hmm. to town. Yeah. Come on. They were engaged in a debate about when they should leave and presumably doing what couples are want to do. Can you can you elaborate? What do couples want to do? I'm not sure. 
Do you, no one's have you um I'm not a learned man. No one's talked to you about this topic Mm-mm. about what couples want to do? No. Well, usually it's debate. I think they're talking philosophy. Oh yeah, they, they it said they like to debate. So, yeah, so that makes sense. They're probably debating, you know, Plato and Freud. Yeah. That's a common debate, right? It's not, yeah, so while well, while they were debating, yeah. Uh and doing what couples want to do, which, you know, I'm still confused. You're fine. But it's all good. Then they heard a piercing roar. Okay. Which Needham compared to an eagle shrieking into a microphone. Oh my god. America. <laughs> Fucking America. America was coming. <laughs> America was... Was it like coming or was it like coming? Which... What was America doing? Oh, I don't know. Alright. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Which... Pick your, you know what they uh, were doing. Yeah, it was just like... <laughs> America. Well, either way, okay. the loud piercing roar yeah. seemed to emanate from the thick underbrush not far from his car. Okay. Hmm. All right. Okay. It'll be startling. All right. Yeah. Needham quickly snapped off the radio. Still sticking with the radio story. Yeah, still still telling the big, <clears throat> big lies. And scanned the area, listening intently. Suddenly, I... another horrific shriek echoed through the night, accompanied by a rattling of the brush in front of them. Needham flicked on his headlights, and Johnson gasped as they both saw a huge, foul-scented creature lumbering toward them. Oh, my God. Such specific details. All right. It's not... Oh, nice. That was good. A creature whose very existence would tax the limits of their imagination. Needham wasted no time in starting his car and accelerating, accelerating away from the scene with his frightened girlfriend. As the pair entered more civilized territory, they drove in stunned silence for a few moments before discussing whether or not they should report their encounter to the police. I mean, what is the what are the police going to do? I saw this beast in the woods. Yeah. Lock him up. Yeah. He's covered in mud. Albino. Yeah, I saw this albino mud thing. Go get him. Get him. Yeah. Okay. Sure thing, sir. <clears throat> oh, so did you guys, did you guys, oh, so you, were you guys listening to the radio? Though? Yeah. You listen to that radio in the Just woods? wholesome stuff. Listen to yeah. the radio. Oh, and you were debating current events? Mm-hmm. You know, immigration policy in the woods? Yeah. When you saw this mud man? All right, okay. All right. Johnson knew full well that once they made an official report, they would reveal their secret romance. But she decided that the, tru- the trouble she was bound to get into when her father found out about Needham was nothing compared to what the monster they just saw might be capable of. Wow, I'm glad she weighed the pros and cons of, like, Dad or Mudman. Mm-hmm. Who am I more scared of, my father who hates my boyfriend or this Mudman who I just encountered who may or may not be albino? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, All right. So, it was then that she, or the selfless duo, made a beeline for the Murfreesboro Police Station. This is written like a novel, by the way. Yeah, this is. Uh, we'll give credit. This is pretty incredible. We're giving credit with credit. Who, yeah, give credit who wrote this because they did a good job. Because we're just conveying the information. Yeah, this is this is right legit. on the wiki, wiki page for this guy. What's this guy's name again? Uh, the Murfreesboro Mud Monster. Great. Continue, please. <clears throat> the couple arrived at the station and made out. Whoa. What do they do? <laughs> Excuse me. Did, so they were by, already so, doing that. So by made out, you mean listen to the radio some more? Oh, hold on. I gotta keep reading. Oh, sorry. Go the ahead. couple arrived at the station and made out what is known as an unknown creature report. I didn't pause. Know, I didn't know you could do those. <laughs> That's why I paused. <laughs> How do you make an unknown? Can I make unknown creature reports all the time? Uh, probably. We can just start making up monsters that we 
And then once we make up the monster and it's documented, then it's like a thing, right? Because then someone reported it, mm-hmm. right? Well, this this area is going to be someone's going to report a giant Stegosaurus priest like creature, like <laughs> creature. Yeah, not a Stegosaurus, but close to it. Mm-hmm. And then it's on the books; it'll be documented. And then you'll know about the Tri County area Stegosaurus like creature. Yeah, which I hope is real. Um, now that I've heard so, about it, so I, would that I that would I be can. a Stegosauroid? Right, Stegos- like because it's not a Stegosaurus, but it's like a Stegosaurus, humanoid, like human, Stegosauroid. That's hard for me to say. <laughs> it's weird for me to listen to. Can you try and say it? Stegosauroid. God's tough. You said it better than me, though. I don't like it. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll work on that's that. That's what he's called. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's true. Plate back. Good old plate back out. Plate back out back. Mm-hmm. Albino All right. plate All right. back. Oh my god, he's got red eyes. Yeah. All right. Got to be albino. Okay. All right. Anyways. Yeah. Go on. Uh, so this unknown creature report was filed, describing a beast that looked like an oversized gorilla, which they estimated to be almost eight feet tall, with matted, mud-streaked white hair. Oh my god, he's white and covered in mud? Oh, so it is. So it's not... He is albino, then. Yeah, so that's right. what they're going Okay, all, all right. right, all right. They should have talked about the white fur earlier, but... Yeah, that should have been mentioned. All right, uh, okay. So former patrolman, yeah. now retired Murfreesboro police chief, Ron Manwaring... Hmm. What's the name? Manwaring. Manwaring. Yeah. So like man, like wearing man. That's what it says. Manwaring. Can I see it right there? Man, why is it manwaring? Oh, but it's like wear, like nightmare, not like wear your clothes. Right. Manwaring. 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 Yeah, it's definitely wearing. Yeah, it's man. Weekend, yeah. yeah, wearing. Um, okay, right. Still able to recite. Chief Ron retired. You know. He's still able to recite the facts of the strange incident from memory almost three decades later. The first report came in just before midnight on okay. June 25th. A couple had been parked near the boat dock on the southwestern edge of Riverside Park next to the woods. The two who were not married, whom that was why very they, important to make keep, into the report. Why do they keep stressing that? I don't know. But, uh, you know, they said they were in a car when they heard a loud screaming sound in the wooded area and observed a large creature, approximately seven feet tall. And this is still talking about the same couple, right? I believe so. It sounds like it's the same story. It's the first story. report, it Okay, like. all right. <clears throat> the creature appeared to have light-colored hair, matted with mud. The creature appeared to be walking on two legs and was proceeding towards the car. Manwaring felt that the couple's account was lent credibility due to the fact they risked exposing their alleged indiscretions which would no doubt bring them public ridicule and, even more alarmingly, Johnson's father's wrath. Man, why are they so scared of... What? This guy must be known in town or something. Does he beat his wife? Or does he get surly at the bar? Like, come on, man. Like, what is he... Why is... Everyone is so terrified of her dad. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just a... Bad guy? Could be. (laughs) Because they were so frightened by what they had seen by the river... There was no advantage for them to come up and report this. Well, the, okay. Well, that's dry. Right. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. This part's in quotes. There was no advantage for them to come up and report this. So that's uh, wearing saying that. Who come up and reports stuff? It's a bad wording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while the officers took down Needham and Johnson's statement, they were understa- understandably skeptical of the event. They dutifully sent out two patrolmen, Merrill Lindsay and Jimmy Nash, to investigate their report. 
Within minutes of the sighting, the officers arrived at the boat ramp in the Riverside Park area to inspect the scene. Officer Nash was the first to discover a plethora of peculiar tracks, approximately 10 to 12 inches long and approximately 3 inches wide, hmm. deeply impressed in the mud by the riverbank. Uh, there was a picture attached of a uh, cast, it looked like, of a footprint. Oh, that's a total footprint. Yeah. Anyone, if you don't go to the wiki and look at it, you should. But I'm just going to point out, it looks just like, it's, it's just a footprint. It's, it's a giant pretty foot. large, though. Like, it's, it's like it's a big foot. It's got a hand in it for reference. Yeah, it's like it's like three to four hands. Yeah, long. It's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, All right. Nash claimed that as he bent over to inspect the prints from a closer vantage point, he was shocked to hear a horrifyingly shrill screech nearby. They love those shrieks. Yeah. Nash yeah. took off post haste. Okay. That's a good word. Post haste. Yep. Yeah. You don't see that used too often. I always think it though. Yeah. Well, I see, I see somebody scurry away. Mm-hmm. That's a, why would I say? Why do I see people scurry away? <laughs> why are you seeing people <laughs> scurry away? Maybe I just hope they leave me quickly. Post haste. Get out of here. Uh, Nash took off post haste though. Yeah. Accidentally okay. dropping his revolver in his panic. Whoa. That's something I feel like you don't. Uh, do. Maybe you should. Maybe we should learn about the revolver a little earlier. Hmm. Maybe the officer who admitted that he initially thought the story be little more than hogwash, described the hideous sound as the most incredible shriek I have ever heard. Jesus. It was in those bushes. It was no bobcat or screech owl. We hightailed it out of there. Nash and Lindsay quickly went back to the station to report their findings and gather more men for a search party. The Hmm. officer later estimated that whatever had made that sharp cry was no more than 300 feet away from them. Jesus. Approximately two hours later, 2 a.m. on the 26th of June, officers Nash and Lindsay returned to the scene, accompanied by Officer Bob Scott and Needham. The quartet swiftly discovered another spate of tracks near the river. As Lindsay ran back to the patrol car to retrieve a camera, the rest of the group intrepidly followed the prints along the bank. Without warning, the stillness of the black night was shattered by the same horrible scream that Needham and Nash had heard earlier. Why does it keep screaming? Because there's a bunch of people running after it now. That's true, it's scared. Yeah. It's terrifying. Before it was just chilling, hanging out by the river, and then it got startled by some couple. Who knows what they were doing in that car? No, I know. It could have been. No, no, no. We know exactly what they were doing. Mm. They were doing what most couples do. They were listening to the radio debating current events. Yeah, and one of their... Opinions uh, startled the creature so he was like, so much. "I can't. Why don't I can't believe you don't? Why do you? Wow! I just don't understand. I think we should keep the Voting Rights Act. Why were you arguing against that?" Hmm. The creature thought. Yeah, and he was startled by it, so he screamed. He, I and, would scream too, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, I lost my spot There's, a little bit here. Without warning, the stillness of the black night was shattered by the same horrible scream oh. that Needham and Nash had heard earlier. Okay. Boom, there we Still are. screaming, boom. Fear rapidly usurped curiosity as the trio of men summarily abandoned their search and raced back to the patrol car for safety. After huddling in the car for what must have felt like an eternity, no doubt waiting for the beast to attack, <laughs> the, man, the men managed to regain their courage and continued their pursuit of this enigmatic monster once more. Oh my god, who wrote this article? I don't know, it's getting... We're giving shout-outs because... I mean, it's good. It's an enigmatic creature. Yeah. Yeah, that was how that was pronounced. Enigmatic? Mm-hmm. I said it okay. 
Yeah, it was all right. It's fine. I mean, I've it only your best, but I just, I we just came, <clears throat> we just showed up. We haven't been drinking before this podcast. I never drink before a show. This is legit. All right, that's mm-hmm. true. You are a showman. You would know. Yep, it's true. This, this mini posse, though. Don't call it a mini posse. Huddling in their car. Fuck no. you. <laughs> <laughs> this mini posse worked until dawn trying to track down the splashing sounds, which they described as being like a large creature rushing through knee-deep water in the distance to no avail. As the sun rose, the officers felt that this so-called monster would evaporate with the rest of the night shadows, never to be seen again. But this presumably nocturnal fiend had a surprise in store for them. At approximately 10.30 p.m. on the following day, five-year-old Christian Beryl... Whoa! We're... Interjecting a five-year-old into the situation? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's scary. I hope the mud man likes five-year-olds. He was playing in his backyard. Oh, shit. Which was located relatively close to the Big Muddy River. Damn it. That is the name of the river. I crossed the bridge Can and I... was like, huh, okay. I wonder if it's actually muddy. I remember that. Was it muddy? It didn't look that muddy. Can I ask a question? What's that? Well, it's actually it's addressing an issue. Because mm-hmm. I love to pay attention to geography and history. Mm-hmm. And everything involved in like my surroundings, and every like most names you see attached to official things or official structures, is literally the first thing that came to somebody's mind when they saw it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a muddy river. That's, that's a big muddy that's river. That's a big muddy river. Oh, it's gonna be that for two hundred years. No other name for it. It's a big muddy river. Yeah. Anyways, it's just. People are so complicated and very simple at the same time. Yeah. It gets me sometimes. I mean, that's effective. You're going to remember the big muddy river, especially yeah. if it's muddy frequently. Maybe when I pass through it, it just happened to be uh, I like less you, muddy. I like you justify the name because I was about to ask. Well, I know a guy who was by this river and he said, eh, I was not driving so too when I passed over, so I couldn't really stare at the water. You know what? When they discovered it. I bet they didn't they have... They probably weren't driving. They didn't have cars. Mm-hmm. Didn't have cars. All right, it's fair. Okay. Yeah, but... Um, right. So, Christian Barrel was attempting to catch fireflies in the glass jar his mother had given him. That's... He's five years old, right? The child frolicked. He's allowed. <laughs> he's allowed to frolic. It's yeah, fine. five, you're allowed to frolic anywhere you want. What if you're 33? You can still frolic. You Man! Just... <clears throat> you know what? This is why we're friends. Yeah. Uh... Hey, when we when we were hanging out with Burhans O'Hanahan, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's close. Not even. What was yeah. his name? Oh, Hulahan. <laughs> when we were hanging out with him, we frolicked so hard. Yeah, we were just frolicking. God damn, what a badass! Drinking whiskey. So much whiskey. Yeah, but this this kid, all right, is frolicking. Okay. Delightedly, he probably had no whiskey. Probably not. I okay. hope not. Did his parents? But he spied a colossal white shape looming up from behind the fence that separated his yard from the neighbor's property. Jesus. I want to point something out. I feel like this creature sounds like very celestial, like very, very bold, very, um... He's always screaming at stuff. Well, I mean, he's got that going on, but he doesn't know what else to do. But very regal. So, like, in any other situation, he seems almost angelic, right? White skin, like white... I guess white flesh. It's really hairy. That's fine, but if it's like pure white, like a silver, like a the a pitted, like not a silver fox, a silver ape, because that's what he would be. But the fact that he just happens upon this muddy river, he's just this mud creature. It's like, man, if he took a shower, he's a cool dude. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that could be. Ah, whatever. 
Yeah, but this uh, just terrified saying. the kid. Well, I Beryl mean, the... dropped his jar and raced inside, crying oh. out, Daddy, Daddy, there's a big ghost in the backyard. Wow, dude, did he lose all his fireflies? <laughs> he dropped the jar. They got away. The child's father was understandably dubious of his son's story. That was until his neighbors corroborated the tale. Hmm. What does the neighbor say? Doesn't. Well, uh, we'll, well we, they should say something. This account of a terrifying backyard encounter is uncannily smil- similar to one that befell another young Illinois boy named Greg Garrett just a few months earlier on April 25th, 73. Oh. Garrett claimed to have been attacked while playing in his backyard by a truly bizarre, slimy, three legged beast known as the Enfield Horror. Stop! What? <laughs> hmm. Excuse me? I've seen mention of the Enfield Horror. But I am, I've yet to... Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to continue reading this story. We're going to put a pin in this. Yep. And we'll come back to the Enfield Horror. Yep. I'm not going to say it's the third episode, but we're going to get to it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So, like Beryl, Garrett immediately retreated to the relative safety of his parents' house. While Beryl was sobbing in his father's arms, teenager Cheryl Ray, now Cheryl Rath, housewife and mother of two was sitting on her darkened back porch next door with her young suitor, Randy Creeth. Hmm. The pair claimed that they were debating. No, it says they were talking and looking at the stars. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is this creature just summoned by debates? <laughs> He's <laughs> like, I love debate class! Yeah. What issue will win? <laughs> this is awesome! I mean, maybe people just talked a lot more. I no, love... There were no love, phones, so nobody's, right. nobody's on stuff. You're right, that's you, true. You know they're not debating, though. No, but I mean, they're either debating or listening to the radio. Is that one and the same? Could be. Hey, turn up, let's turn up this debate. Does that just mean radio? Or yeah. hey, let's go listen to the radio. Does that mean let's discuss complicated ideas? It's like Netflix and chill. Oh, let's, <laughs> let's radio and debate. <laughs> let's radio and debate. This is the second episode of the podcast. We have our first t-shirt. That's radio, <laughs> that's radio and debate. What? Uh, and it'll just be this like white muddy creature with big red eyes just staring at just screaming it's like, yeah just ah just trying to get his opinion in right, he's like I support equal rights <laughs> prison reform is necessary <laughs> weeds should be legal debates you know normal debates that would happen in what fucking 1973 yeah I don't, right. I don't know exactly what they're talking about ah uh, whatever Something, okay. something probably cool. I mean, decent, I guess. The pair claimed that they were talking and looking at the stars when they heard a rustling in the bushes, about 15 feet away from the porch. Assuming that it was neighborhood kids come to spy on them, debating. Yeah. Oh, dude, look at this couple. They're totally <laughs> debating. An enraged Ray went inside to turn on the porch light. While Excuse Creed... me. Did he just get a wrestling name? Enraged Ray? <laughs> I think that's, that's, that is the, uh, the woman. That's Cheryl... Ray. It's going oh, her by last, last name. name. Wow. Yeah. So, <clears throat> what was her... F- Cheryl Enraged Ray? That's a wrestling man. Welcome Ooh. to the women's division. Yep. Got a title shot coming up. Uh, so, while well, Creeth, the son of a state trooper, now a minister at the First Baptist Church in S- Sheffield, Iowa... So many details about his entire life. Doesn't matter. It's but, fine. But we're hitting them. All right. Boom, boom. He leapt to his feet and opened the door, intending to investigate. Okay. The intention vanished the moment that the light came on, revealing the same appalling apparition that Jesus. terrified Beryl just minutes before. Oh, my God. As well as Needham and Johnson the previous night. Okay. Ray recounted the scene. 
Randy and I were sitting in my parents' breezeway when we heard something in the woods. We both went down, but Randy was walking a little bit ahead. Then he said, come here. And there it was. We stood there looking at it. Creeth and Ray stood frozen with shock at this filthy white monstrosity. Why is he filthy? Seemed... I guess the mud, right? Probably. It's All a right. big muddy river. <laughs> Seemed to stare back at them. Creeth, who drew a sketch of the creature, revealing a distinctly spade-shaped flat woods monster-like head. What? That, that's highlighted. That's uh, something else that we're going to have to look into. Spade, wait, go scroll up just so I can see. Flatwoods monster. Yeah. But it's spade-shaped. Mm-hmm. What? All right, stick a pin in it. He recalled the moment vividly. The thing I remember was the bulk of it, the shape, the human form, the stench of the river slime it apparently had on it. It was about eight feet tall and at least as stocky as New York... That's... It says, and at least as stocky as New York football player. Wait, what? <clears throat> and and why? Is it, maybe, as, did it get autocorrected I'll, as any football player? I I'm going to guess that's what happened. That's safe, because I was, I was going to wonder what, what specific New York football player did this creature resemble? Yeah. I'm going to guess it's going to be on a, right. a phone. Probably. Any football player. Right. Uh, we were within 15 feet of it. Close enough to see the body, the texture to the fur, long and hairy like an English sheepdog. Ray also described the beast, which she claimed bore inhuman features and stood more erect than an ape. It was tall, hairy, I think it was white, but it was dirty, matted. It had a real bad odor. Jesus Christ. It was really rank. Oh I never God. smelled anything like it. Oh my God. It seemed like an eternity. We stood there and then it just turned around and walked off into the woods. We could hear it trampling through the woods, Kreeth claimed that the animal stared at them for a, what felt like a long time, although he later estimated that the yeah. incident lasted only about 30 seconds. Jeez, this, this, it left such a lasting impression. Yeah, both agreed that the creature had glowing red eyes, which Kreeth accredited to the glow of a distant streetlight. Mm. The description of the eyes is significant if one is to assume that the Murfreesboro mud monster is actually a prototypical Bigfoot-like creature that just happens to be albino. You know what it sounds like? Albino Bigfoot, which probably looks like the most majestic Bigfoot in in, in existence, mm-hmm. happened to fall into a goddamn muddy river, and he will forever be known as the Mud Monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor bastard. Yeah, just take a... Man, find a clean river and wash that shit off. This is a long article. It, I mean, you we're, know what I've been We're doing? about halfway. Oh, shit. We just going to... Let's just go for it. I mean, I guess we're going to go for it's it. It's up to you. Are you good? I'm good to keep reading. You, if you're pumped to read, we're going to read. Yeah. Because what you do when you begin a podcast, you plan things out very efficiently. You look up everything. You time it out. And you're like, this is what I want to give to the masses. And that's exactly what we did. That is 100% what we're doing right now. Definitely not winging this. Not winging it. <clears throat> not pouring another shot of whiskey. Yes, please. Okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, don't do I mean, that. No. It sounds like a bad idea. Ooh, oh, yeah. no. Is it... In, oh, this looks so pure. Is it getting muddy? Oh, no. Is it the fucking mud it's monster? The big muddy water that's, in my That's cup. a bigger shot than <clears throat> I thought I wanted to pour. It's all right. It's good for you. All right. Hey, not going to do a month of podcast tonight. It's fine. There you go. Yeah. Boom. Booyah. Cheers. Oh, fuck, man. While pink guys are <clears throat> yep. a common trait in animals <laughs> lacking pigmentation, Ray, unlike Kreeth, would insist that the beast's eyes were actually glowing and were not reflecting light from some other source. 
This description of glowing eyes is very very similar to that of another ape-like monster. Explain. Except, what we, other ape-like monster is there? We're going to keep... All right, man. we got to make notes here. Do it. The aptly named Orange Eyes. Come on! What is happening? Hmm. Orange Eyes? Which is said to skulk around lakes and cemeteries near Cleveland. Do you want to know... Ohio. What, you want to know one of my most favorite words... And Skulking? And least favorite towns. Ohio? That's a state. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is a state. Cleveland. I don't know. I've never been there. I've only been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you want to go to Cleveland sometime? Yeah, why All not? Right. This sounds like a fun time. Yeah, let's go skulk around Cleveland. <laughs> All right. After okay. this strange interaction, the couple claimed that the shaggy beast simply turned and pushed through the shrubbery. Can I ask... Can I interject myself one more time yeah um shrubbery is a fun just you just say bushes that's fun but also i know we've already established the podcast name and we've heard it many times yeah, since which is a good name it's a great name yeah but i would just also like to throw into the ring strange interaction <laughs> sounds like a that's a good podcast name. yeah that's not terrible if that's what was chosen, <laughs> then good job. You did a good job naming it. Yeah, I just came up with it. All right. But if that's not what you chose, then, I mean, the name we picked was still good. Mm-hmm. Okay. After this strange interaction, the couple claimed that the shaggy beast simply turned and pushed through the shrubbery, thrashing its way back to the nearby river. All right. Ray testified that the creature they saw weighed at least 350 pounds. Jesus stood about Christ. seven feet tall. Oh, my God. They also stated that it had a roundish head and long gorilla-like arms. Officers Nash and Manwaring were swiftly dispatched to the scene, I, where they noticed a powerful odor that quickly dissipated. I was going to make a point, and then you said powerful odor, and it would disrespect this human being. But I was like, did they just find the big show who had fallen into the river and tried to climb out and just covered in mud? <laughs> but then you said he smelled. Just I, crying for help. He's like, help me! Ah! Ah! No, that's just that's just a future WWE Hall of Famer, a <laughs> big show. They also found a cluster of footprints where the creature had been lurking. Following the off- officer's discovery, then Chief Toby Berger immediately dispatched the rest of his men to the scene, all fourteen of them. Then sent for an officer and trained dog handler with the nearby Carbondale Police Department, a man mm-hmm. named Jerry Nellis. This is by Carbondale? Yeah. <clears throat> I know that area. Yeah. I don't know the Muddy River, though. But I now it's like my next destination. It was a good place. I'm Best glad. barbecue I've ever had was God. there. Was I there... haven't had a whole lot of good barbecues, so was I there can't a... attest to. But it was very good. Was there a, a smelly albino man cooking that for you? Not that I saw. All right, okay. He might have been in the kitchen. I don't know if he had his papers. What? <laughs> was he legal or not, man? I don't, I don't know. know. That's fine. He was covered in mud? Oh, God, did he have money papers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they sent for the police department, the dog handler from Carbondale, sure, I'm sorry. a man I'm, named Jerry Nellis. I'm throwing you off, I'm sorry. He was the owner of a tough German shepherd named Reb. I mean, do we need another German shepherd's name? Maybe. Well, for the future movie, we probably should. <laughs> who had assisted the Murfreesboro police in the past as a search-and-rescue-slash-attack dog, and mo- more, most pertinently as a man, or in this case, monster tracker. Hmm. 
Ah. The officers, armed with rifles, revolvers, and flashlights, discovered a trail of unidentified black slime that seemed to lead directly from the raised back porch to the river. Okay. Officer Manwaring confirmed the existence of the still unknown material. <laughs> Manwaring. Name, <laughs> <Same>, man. Manwaring. <laughs> I didn't make that up. Oh my god, Manwaring. Yep. All right. Okay. I saw the substance and I smelled the smell myself. <laughs> Almost instantly, Reb picked up the scent of his prey Reb, and took off. The name of the dog we had to know his name of. Mm-hmm. It's important. I mean, he's a character in this. <laughs> I feel there's a lots of characters. There is a decent amount. All right. The men then followed the dog down the recently forged path of broken tree limbs and trampled underbrush towards their bizarre quarry. The dog managed to attract the monster th- through the dense forest and down a steep embankment toward a small pond, but the brush became too thick for it to continue. <clears throat> the officers began searching the area with flashlights for clues as to where this creature might have escaped, but in no time, Reb picked up the scent again. The determined dog darted toward an abandoned barn on the Buller property, which was located just east of the Ray's house and a little north of the river, but once he got to the decaying door, the usually courageous canine began trembling and yelping with fear. Oh, man, they scared Reb? Yeah, not Reb. Fuck. This mystified both Nellis and the officers, who had noted over the years that Reb was the most relentless tracking dog in the country. Why is... Whoa, county. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Why is Reb getting such a huge backstory in this article? I mean, I'm I'm a little worried about what's going to happen to Reb because he's getting so much detail. No! Reb, no. It's going to uh, really bring me down if the dog... No, let's not talk about it. Let's just not address an issue. Yeah. I just, before you continue, I just want to make out a point that I do feel when we read articles, it's going to be a lot of protesting toward the verbiage used and the word choices and what they choose to include. Because I'm really feeling for Reb right now. Yeah, I mean, Reb, Reb's the hero here. All right, so I, I this is an offside, but I just want to throw it out there. Um, the job I am currently employed at, I work at an office and they play a TV and they show a movie and right now they're showing show dogs. Okay. Which is ludicrous voicing a Rottweiler who is undercover. What? (laughs) Deal with this. Deal with his explanation in the middle of this podcast. Okay. All right. But ludicrous is the voice of a Rottweiler who is a cop dog. Um, who, um, who is the voice of Lego Batman? What's his name? I know it. I'm just, Thank you. So he is an FBI agent. So the police dog, it's basically FBI versus police. You know, in the, the normal like stories were like, this is my jurisdiction. No, it's my jurisdiction. Yeah, well, one guy's right. a human. One guy's a dog. Okay. And so eventually, so what if, <laughs> so what if you merge this? <laughs> what if you merge? <laughs> okay. This, what if you merge? They, and then they team up for a project. And the project is called Miss Congeniality. Oh, no. It's called Cop Dog Becomes a Show Dog in a show thing for dogs. And Will Arnett is the handler for Ludacris, who's a Rottweiler, who is pretending to be a show dog because people are stealing show dogs and they have to infiltrate this show to find out who the criminal is. That is like a two-hour movie, and it is insane. What? It sounds insane. It sounds, but like, it's actually a really good movie, but it's like real silly. So all I'm imagining is 
when you're talking about Reb is a, do- a hero dog voiced by Ludacris trying to infiltrate or solve the crime. Solving a crime and infiltrating is not the same thing, but that's fine. But imagine imagine Reb, who's a badass German Shepherd voiced by some amazing hip-hop artist. I want to be voiced by Ja Rule. Oh, man. Okay, so Jeb is, Jeb is now voiced by Ja Rule. No, Reb. <laughs> Jeb. <laughs> I was thinking of a former... Can you imagine a world where Jeb Bush is president? Well, I mean... It would be okay. what it, it would be what it is. I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, so imagine Ja Rule. What's As it a up? dog, Reb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ja Rule as Reb. Okay, so if Lego Batman is Ludacris's handler, who is what's the sheriff's name or that the human who's with him? Uh, Nellis. God, I'm glad you knew what his name was. So who's who's Nellis? If Ja Rule. Okay, no, 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 I know that. But, like, who would be... In the movie, oh. who would be playing Nellis? Uh, Ludacris. <laughs> Why was it so matter-of-fact? <laughs> like, yeah, Ludacris... And I mean, the, the German Shepherd is supposed to be Jarrell. I mean, it just seems logical. <laughs> okay, but, all right. But Nellis, no, who, not who played is... by Ludacris, <laughs> attempted to grab the dog by the scruff of his neck. The dog is voiced by Jarrell. <laughs> and thrust him through the open door of the barn. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow, what are you doing, Ludacris? He's an attack dog. No, that's fun. No, yeah. But Reb just dropped... On his belly and scampered backwards, whimpering. No, not Jeb. The usually bold Reb's terrified reaction to whatever lurked within the barn was enough to convince Chief Berger to call in the troops. No! He radioed for help from neighboring police departments, <laughs> and within hours, a dozen patrol Pause. Cars... Did Reb radio? <laughs> did Reb radio? Or did his hand <laughs> no. Radio? Okay. The police chief All right, sorry. radioed. Sorry, I'm being rude. That's eh, fine. <clears throat> Uh, and within hours, a dozen patrol cars had responded to his call. Okay. Unfortunately, or perhaps very fortunately for those involved, yeah. in the time that had elapsed between Reb's fearful display and the, ra- the arrival of backup, whatever it was that had hidden in the barn managed to slip out through the back. Okay. Not long after, the search was called off for the night, and the disappointed officers re- returned to their home bases. But this would not mark the end of the Murfreesboro Mud Monster Saga. As sightings of this mysterious man-beast were reportedly two more times... Oh, hold on. You're right. It's okay. Were reported two more times during the next week and a half. Okay. Do you want another shot? Or you do not know? Is that an honest... You you didn't say no? I didn't say no. All right, we'll think about it. Berger claims that during this period, he was worried less about the monster and more about one of the 10,000 Murfreesboro residents shooting another one, another in one of the many armed... Hold on. I can help if it's being... worded strangely. If it's being trouble, I can help. Actually, at this point, I probably can't help, but that's what we're going to talk about right now. He's worried about the, uh, the citizens of Murfreesboro 
shooting at each other in terrified panic. Basically. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, it might not be in the article, but why would multiple citizens be shooting at each other in a panic? Are they all outside? Like, why? What situation? Is there like a fair going on? What situation is happening now? Um, it sounds like they're all outside. Like, just well, what's, this, what's this creature? Oh, we all edge. got we all got guns on ourselves at all times. I'm getting scared. Time to shoot. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. All right. Okay. The next reported encounter with the beast occurred approximately 10 days later after a traveling carnival set up camp in Riverside Park. Oh my god, Is what kind of fucking shit show are we running? There's, now there's a traveling carnival? Mm-hmm. All right, okay. The carnival workers, apparently unaware of what was lurking nearby... You know what? I, at, at this point, I don't... I mean, if you're not living in this town, how would you be aware of anything that could possibly happen to you if you just walked into this town? There's a... Pasty white mud man running around. He hasn't kill anybody, right, or hurt him. He's just like he's walking just around, screaming at things. He's well because he doesn't know how to screaming at the baits. <laughs> I feel like the death penalty should be abolished, and we should all get equal treatment under the law. And I am a mud man, and yeah, but he can't verbalize any of that. So yeah, he just how's it come? Screams. How's it come out? <laughs> like that. Probably. You want you you know how we're having a good time? Hmm. Is it because I didn't know if you'd actually try to make a sound or not, and you did, and I'm very happy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what it would sound like. You're right. Yeah. I'm not denying it. No, because he's trying to be courteous. He's not yelling. No, but he's, he's like, he's like, eh. how'd that go again? He's trying to interject. Like, eh. <laughs> man, that's he's being so polite, and he's like, oh, he's fucking covered in. He's a regal creature who's got. He's the silver fox of the ape, the the big feet community. Mm-hmm. And he's just being treated like shit because he walked through a fucking smelly river. Yeah, it's not his fault. The river's smelling. No, it's like I just want to be, be having a good time, and I'm getting critiqued by these fucking humans. Yeah. All right. But these uh, carnival workers, apparently unaware, chose a pleasant glade. Near the river, between the boat ramp and the sewage treatment plant. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah, I guess that's fine. <laughs> Point of order: <clears throat> Why was the sewage treatment plant so close to any part of the story where the creature smells like ass? All right. Because if he's just stumbling around, who knows what the fuck? Who, maybe Seamus owes smell of hands had given him whiskey, and he stumbled into the fucking smelly. Smelly shit. So now he doesn't know what he's doing, and he just needs to find a shower. Yeah. Uh, he just needs help. So, all right. The sewage treatment plant is located below the Ray House. All right. Uh, which is the couple that earlier uh, saw him out when they were uh, debating. Bring it back. Yeah. Okay. So at two a.m. July seventh, long after the carnival had closed for the night. Three carnies, Otis Norris, Ray oh Atkerson, God. and Wesley Lavender. In retro, in retrospect, I knew the story had carnies. They always do. All right. Oh, man. All right, go on. They were sitting behind one of the carnival trucks discussing the day's receipts when they heard a series of whinnies coming from the Shetland ponies that were tied to the bramble on the other side of the truck. There's a lot of words in that sentence that I don't know the meaning of. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right. That's loud. I mean, I think I know the meanings, but like, I don't think I do. 
Well, we won't tell anybody. And that's fine. Shh. <clears throat> the men quickly got up to see what the commotion was all about and were shocked to find the usually docile ponies, which had been trained to give children rides in endless circles like a merry-go-round, were in a tizzy, with their eyes rolling in terror, furiously tugging at their ropes in a desperate bid to free themselves from their constraints. It wasn't long before the carnies would see that what the frenzy was all about. The men, the men maintained that they spied an 8-foot, 400-pound creature, which, much like Missouri's Momo... Another, another, Stop! Another, just pin that, <laughs> seemed to have no distinguishable feature, facial feature beneath its fur. So this creature was called the Momo. It was similar to the Momo. What, whatever that may be. Oh which I'm very intrigued oh to, my God. I to didn't... go into. You know, when when you plan for something so hard, it'll shock you once in a while to find these tangents that you're going to find, you're going to go to eventually mm-hmm. and make it all be a complete picture. We'll get there. Yeah, we will. One day this podcast, we'll get to the Momo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, don't, uh... don't, don't just, mm, the Momo. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it seemed to be calmly watching the ponies. The men decided not to wait around to see what happened next and immediately ran for help, claiming that the monster also ran in the opposite direction. They were startled. They, everybody scared each other. It's not shocking. Yeah. You're in the woods like, whoa! Ah! And then it makes that sound it makes. What was that sound? Eh. See? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, P.S. I want to debate. Yeah. Let's debate. <laughs> Do you, oh, politics. Do you want to debate that bill? Oh, who are you voting for? About an hour later, one of the carnival workers called in to help with this beast. Wait, I read that totally wrong. Try again, it's fine. About an hour later, one of the carnival workers called in to help deal with the beast. Charles Kimball claimed that he saw the creature once again staring at ponies with its head cocked to the side in what was described as deeply curious pose. Maybe he just is fascinated by horses. Yeah. Why is that so shocking? While this would prove to be the last eyewitness no. report of this creature, its no. reign of fear was not quite complete. You know what? How could it be a reign of... It's it's killed literally no one. I mean... No one's in... It hasn't even attacked anybody. No. It's just... Ex- it's, it's wandering through the woods and encounter it encounters a couple who is listening to the radio and debating. Um, I mean... And that kid and f- catching fireflies. That's, I mean, he was, but he's a little boy who's like, oh, these wild creatures should be put in this glass bottle and I may, I'll keep them forever and then they'll die. Yeah. Like, that's fucking shitty. He's shitter than the goddamn mud man. <laughs> I mean, he's just catching fireflies. Yeah, well, you know what? They're meant to be free. God made them free. Don't try to be a goddamn pioneer of fucking fireflies. <laughs> Leave them alone. This is a manifest destiny. You don't get to own every firefly. Let them f- let them fly free. All right. Yep. Con- continue. Well, he disagreed, and he wanted them all. Gotta catch them all, living creatures. Later that same night, a woman named Nidra, Nidra Green, asserted that she heard a screaming sound coming from a shed on her rural farm. She wisely, it would seem, chose to remain inside her home rather than go out to investigate. Following the carnival sighting, Yet another crowd of locals, most of whom were armed to the teeth, gathered in Riverside Park. Armed to to the teeth? Hoping to take a shot at the furry white fiend. 
why is he a fiend? He's done nothing wrong. He's just been wandering Earth. He's been watching people debate. It's kind of weird. <laughs> He's like, oh, if I have to... Oh, if I have to, when I run for Congress, I'll have to know all these issues, and I should be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Oh God! This only exacerbated Berger's concerns for the townsfolk's safety, so he implored the town fathers to bring in expert help. What would these experts entail? Sorkin claimed that private groups had offered as much as two point five million for the creature's capture. Oh my God! With that in mind, the small expedition came armed with a stun gun with the capacity to take down a. 500 pound animal Jesus as well Christ. as chocolate and bananas <laughs> I quit <laughs> shut the fuck up what a stun gun that can take down a 500 pound animal and chocolate and, and, bananas. Chocolate and bananas which Sorkin stated they would use to pacify the beast They also before loaded, or after they stun him they also carried loaded shotguns which they claimed would only be used if their safety were threatened. Oh, if you don't want that chocolate, you're in the goddamn shotgun. Then we'll feed you a fucking banana up your ass because you'll be dying because we shot you with a shotgun. Sorkin Fuck further you, claimed you. that they had local zoos standing by and that arrangements had been made for a cage to be flown in by a helicopter. What is this zoo going to This isn't goddamn Jurassic Park. It's not the Lost World. It's not, it's not goddamn Robert Ludlow shooting a goddamn Tyrannosaurus Rex. Well, they were ready to uh, imprison the monster, oh and they managed to... He's not even a monster! I mean, watching kids debate, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, right, do you want to do this shot? Yeah, cheers. Guess what? We're going to do like five more podcasts after this. Okay. Okay, boom! To the mud man. What a money man. The Murfreesboro mud monster. This entire time, I've been wanting to say Mud Monster, and I've just been saying Mud Man, oh. because Monster seems too long. He's, I don't feel like he's a monster. He seems friendly enough. He's done hes done literally and literally nothing wrong. Oh, hold on. We're not done yet, though. Maybe he does. Does it end in, like, a mass murder? I don't know. We'll get there. Oh, my God. Needless to say, this mini-expedition met with very little success. Sorkin asserted that they heard a very loud yell or guttural sound between a roar and a bellow. How'd that sound? Ugh. Wait, I couldn't hear it. Pick it up. Ugh. That's tough. And saw huge footprints and found two-inch saplings pulled out of the ground. Oh, my God. So he's just, he's just pissed ripping out trees? I mean, they're two-inch saplings. Like, what? He is ripping out, like, these things have been here for, like, 2,000 years. Two-inch like, saplings? He's like, you cannot grow. I determine the fate of the earth. All right, I'm witnessing the heel turn for the Bud Man. I don't know. I mean, seeing two-inch saplings pull out of the ground is nothing. It's, like, that big. Can like, I, <laughs> who even sees how, two-inch... Like, that would happen... Why happened, are those noteworthy? That... Sorry, that would happen accidentally by his toes. Yeah. He's like eight feet tall. That would happen just by pure coincidence. I mean, I could knock a sapling out if I ran by or something. And you, I'm not eight feet tall. Do you know how many saplings I have knocked out? No. Do, do you? Wanna, you? Do you want to know? Yeah. That's for the Patreon. That's after hours talk right oh, there. Oh, okay. right. That's secret talk. Me and Nick and Zach talk of saplings. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't long before the press got their talons into this tale of a colossal mud-caked critter. Now he's a critter 
don't throw these fucking. He's a fiend. He's a critter. Don't throw these great. He has done nothing wrong. I mean, I feel like fiend's more appropriate if you're saying he's eight hundred or eight feet tall, five hundred pounds. Well, because fiend, because critter just sounds like tiny. Oh, it's like a racial slur. It's like he's what? not a human, so he has to be a critter. How's that? It's like whoa! <laughs> don't call this guy a critter. Like, pick a different... That just sounds bad to me. It just sounds small. When I think of a critter, I'm thinking... Like a squirrel-sized... Right. Squirrel raccoon-sized. But if this guy is bigger than humans, and you're calling him a goddamn critter, you're trying to, like, put him down and make him less than you. Yeah, I mean... Maybe just the, because of how he was born. Maybe who, whoever wrote this was wronged by the mud monster. Well, you know what? We care about our sources, and we're gonna... We're gonna be up on this. We're going to give credit to the writer. <laughs> I'm going to email him and be like, why is this guy a fucking critter? I think, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I won't get an email back. The local paper, the <laughs> Southern Illinoisan, ran a small story. Stop. Southern Illinoisan? That's the local paper? Yeah. They ran a small story on the search, which was eventually picked up by the New York Times. Oh, my God. Lauren Coleman investigated the cases and theorized it was a type of Bigfoot. Coleman also felt that the Murfreesboro mud monster represented a distinct type of ape-like creature distinct from its West Coast counterparts and that they are known to be more aggressive. Because this person noticed he didn't attack anybody. I mean, he screamed at them. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> he just wants to engage in, in the ex an exchange of ideas. Bigfoots aren't that bad. That's <laughs> when he was screaming. Respect us. Yeah. And you know what I bet? I bet amongst... All right. I bet amongst... Not amongst. <laughs> I bet amongst the Bigfoot... The Big Feet community. Mm -hmm. He's albino. He looks different than most Big Feet. Is it safe to say? Uh, it sounds like it, yeah. Most... Because usually when you hear about Sasquatch or Yeti or... A yeti is different because that's like a snow creature. We assume they're all oh, like white skin, but yeah, maybe maybe he's a yeti that just got lost. He's a misplaced yeti, or like maybe like his dad was a yeti and his mom was a bigfoot, and dad was like, "Oh, hey, I like that, I like that fur mm -hmm. you got going. Hey, you know what? Let's have a talk. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's have a debate." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Next thing you know, they're debating. And they, they, they are, and they got a baby. I have been waiting to talk about the master debaters having a master baby, mm -hmm. and it happened just now. And so then he's lost. Well, like, where's mom and dad? Who's raising him to teach him? It's because no one, like, no one. His mom and dad he's can't ostracized from the Yeti and the Bigfoot community. I mean, it's dark. Neither one accepts them. And like, you know what? He's still a big feet and so a Yeti. Why doesn't he respect? Why did why can't he be accepted by both races? Because the prejudice involved in the situation is just unacceptable to me. <laughs> I am not happy about it. Yeah, I mean, like if you love somebody, do the love thing, and if you love them enough to have a kid, and, and yeah. but then uh, guide the kid, help him out. Don't but, just go throw him in the big muddy river. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, deal with this kid. What the fuck? Where are his parents in this whole situation? <laughs> the, the big money monster's parents? 
Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He needs help. He has hurt no one in this entire story. Yeah. It's, help yeah. him out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could be... I mean, he could be... He it, Was he born in this country? He could be a senator. We need him involved. He might be. He might be. Over the next three years, there were sporadic reports throughout the area of animals that resembled the mud monster. How many animals could resemble what this looks like? Perhaps the most intriguing of these sightings occurred on January 26, 1975, when four truckers, all of whom were traveling separately, radioed in reports of seeing bizarre bear-like creature near the Illinois 149 junction west of Murfreesboro. I can't wait to go there. On July 7, 1975, two Murfreesboro men reported a sighting of a strange creature that they believed to have been the big muddy monster oh my God. near a pond in the Harrison community north of Murfreesboro. Oh my God. Needless to say, these isolated events in no way compared to the tremendous flap of encounters that had plagued the community in the summer of 73. How is it plaguing anyone? He's hurt no one. He's I mean, a cool dude. They were upset. Oh, this guy looks different than me. I'm upset. <laughs> Hashtag America. Here's Harry covered in mud. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be slightly upsetting. Like, would you be upset or be like, I should know more about this guy and uh, what political party he affiliates himself with? Because I feel like he wants a debate. But he smells bad. When you you're in your car. Yeah, make it out with some broad. No, you're listening to the radio. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> huh. Anyway, anyways. Yeah. So. Hope it was a good song you were listening to. Lots of rhythm involved. For that strenuous debate you were having. Yeah. Um. But yeah, perhaps police chief Berger put it most succinctly. Okay. When he said, a lot of things in life are unexplained, and this is another one. We don't know what the creature is, but we do believe that these people saw was real. End of story. That's it? That's it. Hey, I think that's that's a decent answer for uh, the end of that. Good luck for Reb. All these people saw it. Dog, Reb, voiced by Ludo... Nope. No, no, by Ja Rule. Rab handled is by uh, Ludacris. Ludacris. Uh-huh. They, uh, they were all scared. They didn't see it. They didn't know it was real. But we, uh, we spent. But it might be. No one even shot at him. No. Like it never said like someone tried to attack him or kill him or. Which makes me believe this story is like is like very actual. Like it's real. Like this happened. Yeah. No. I. I... Over the span of like maybe a month. This happened. This existed. This was a thing. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy that I uh, was just there, like a week and a half ago. He might have even been around you, or his descendants. <laughs> I did hear that weird knocking sound when we were hiking. Oh my god! I mean, it could have been the mud monster. What kind of knocking? Because you said before this podcast was recorded. This is really weird that this Go happened this way because I was talking about when we were camping. Yeah. Or when I was camping. Right. <clears throat> and how I heard a weird knocking sound. And how I've heard that that's Bigfoot related things. And we got close and it stopped. And then when we got further away along the trail, it started again. I don't actually believe that it was Bigfoot out there, but it's just kind of a weird coincidence. Yeah. I didn't hear any screeching. Not like the noises I was making. 
I don't want it. What? No. The noises you were making. No, what, on the podcast. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fair. I just thought that you were walking through the woods making noises. Maybe, <laughs> like, maybe if I had been debating somebody. Oh my God. What issue What issue would the mud monster prefer to debate? Immigration, voting rights, no. LGBTQ representation. No. Why what, punk rock got so soft? That's why I would. Why punk rock got so that's soft? That's what I would debate. Would he feel pumped about this? I don't know. I don't know what he listens to. God damn But I mean, if he's a child of the 70s, you never know. Mm, He'd be pretty punk, probably. He could be. He could be, yeah, he could be very punk rock. It's a good question. Yeah. And I am looking on this wiki page to try to give this guy a shout out, whoever wrote this. We'll either add it to the episode or put it on the website. Yeah, I'm still looking. Because, I mean, it was a good story. I just feel this guy, I mean, Bigfoot, Yeti, Hybrid, Lost in Illinois. Well, we made that up. No, what? That's, no, 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 that's based <laughs> on, that's based on reported facts, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know <clears throat> what you're talking about. How many albino Bigfoots do you hear about? Uh, that one guy that was mentioned in the article meant, talked about that it seems like it's a different offshoot. It's not that, because that would make sense if he was a hybrid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be. He very well could be. Who knows? I don't know. Tons of shit out there that we don't know anything about. Well, that was a that was a legit solid second episode dedicated to the what was the town's name? Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro mud monster. But I feel he's more than a monster. He's a man misunderstood. Could be. Who knows? What if he? What if he's just real tall? He shaved his albino skin. What if he's an asshole and just? Kept trying to get close to these people, and got scared off. Maybe hmm? could go either way. That's possible. I just want to know if you if you know what the Murfreesboro Mud Monster's favorite or topic. If you are the Murfreesboro Mud Monster, and you know what your favorite topic to debate is, email us at. I'm pausing for a break. Weird and feared podcast at gmail dot com. Because we decided that's what the podcast was named. Yeah. And that's what it is. So let us know what you think his favorite topic to debate would be. Because he sounds like he would fucking nail it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I don't like to sign off with my name. But my name is Nick. And I think yours is Zach. It is. Alright. And we're going to talk about crazy shit next week. Yeah. And also, once again, thanks to Pete Carparelli for this banging tune you are about to hear. Yeah. Peace out. Booyah.